This is The Guardian. Today, Partygate was a political scandal. Now, it's a criminal investigation. Where does it leave Boris Johnson? It started with a report of a Christmas party in number 10, while the rest of the country was in lockdown. Prime Minister is facing pressure this morning to step down amid a growing crisis over those alleged lockdown-breaking Christmas parties at number 10. And now... Boris Johnson dismissed it. What I can tell the right honourable gentleman is that, uh, is that all guidance was followed. Uh, Less than a week later, a video emerged. Is cheese and wine all right? No. It was a business meeting. <laughs> <I'm joking. laughs> this is recorded. It showed the Prime Minister's staff laughing at the idea of explaining the party to the public. I can understand how infuriating it must be to think that the people who have been setting the rules have not been following the rules. Boris Johnson said the video made him angry, but insisted no rules were broken. All the guidelines were observed, continue to be observed. And what I can also tell you is that... Was it, and, was it a party where the guidelines were followed or was it not a party? It, the, I can tell you that the guidelines were followed at all times. Over the next weeks, we saw photos of garden parties, reports of booze smuggled into Downing Street in suitcases, broken children's swings, and even a boozy gathering the night before the funeral of the Queen's husband. As Conservative MPs mould a change of leadership, there was a change of tone at the top. Mr Speaker, I want to apologise. I know that millions of people across this country have made extraordinary sacrifices over the last 18 months. I know the anguish that they have been through. By the beginning of this week, there was a feeling that things, however bad, couldn't get much worse for the Prime Minister. That lasted until Monday night. Yeah, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson had a birthday party during the first... When we learned he'd been at a birthday party with dozens of people during the first lockdown. And then, Assessment. yesterday... I can confirm that the Met is now investigating a number of events that took place at Downing Street and Whitehall. The Metropolitan Police announced they were now actively investigating whether the series of parties in Downing Street were a criminal matter. So I welcome the Met's decision to conduct its own investigation because I believe this will help to give the public the clarity it needs and help to draw a line under matters. From The Guardian, I'm Michael Safi. Today in Focus, with party gate out of control, the police come knocking. Heather Stewart, you're The Guardian's political editor. Have you done much crime reporting? <laughs> Absolutely none, I'm afraid to say. <laughs> well, well, you might have to brush up. I I'm wondering, how big a moment is this in the whole saga of Partygate? I think it's an extraordinary moment, isn't it? I mean, if, if you thought back to sort of six months ago before any of these stories started to break, the idea that, that Downing Street, the Prime Minister's close aides are being investigated by the Metropolitan Police over their behaviour in lockdown. I mean, it's, and not only over their behaviour, but over events that were taking place, you know, at the heart of government in Downing Street. And that's a, it's a pretty extraordinary moment, I think. Yeah, it's extraordinary and it's unexpected because just a few weeks ago, the Metropolitan Police had ruled out getting involved in this scandal of seemingly endless parties in number 10 throughout the lockdowns. On Tuesday, they very dramatically reversed that position with Cressida Dick's announcement that the force was launching an investigation into whether any laws had been broken. Why did the police suddenly change their minds? 
So there have been lots of questions all along about why they haven't felt the need to get involved, despite the fact that lots of the facts are very much out there. You know, the Prime Minister, for example, has admitted attending one gathering on the 20th of May 2020 that was outside. And, and you know, we've seen an email, we've all seen an email from his principal private secretary urging people to bring their own booze to that. So, you know, you'd think there was enough evidence out there for the Met to take a look. However, as you say, they, they've previously said they, they weren't going to do that, but they have consistently said that they are in communication with this internal inquiry that's going on in Whitehall about all of these parties. And they'd always said that if Sue Gray found evidence of what she thought was potential law-breaking, she would then pass that on to the police and they would take a look. And that seems to have been what's happened here. So Sue Gray, the whole of Westminster has been waiting on this big report that Sue Gray is going to publish and the ministers have been saying, oh, we can't answer that question. Wait for Sue Gray, wait for Sue Gray. Well, Sue Gray seems to have decided that kind of it's above her pay grade in a way. And she seems to have decided that it's actually up to the police to decide whether something actually illegal happened here. So she's now passed information on to Cressida Dick, which has made the Met decide it's time for us to take a look at this. Yeah, that, that information that came from Sue Gray was so strong that the police felt like, look, we need to get out ahead of this because when it does come out, the public will ask, you know, why were we prosecuted for breaking lockdowns, but not number 10? Dick has said that police are going to be investigating some of these alleged parties, but not others. Do we have a sense of which ones the police think are most serious? We don't, although um, some of them do look pretty clear cut. So though the, the 20th of May garden party, which we've seen in the, the email invite to, it's pretty clear that that, that was, would not have been covered by the, the rules at the time um, when you were discouraged from having even... even um, outdoor gatherings of more than two people. So um, some of them seem very clear cut. Others, for example, we found out the Prime Minister had a brief 10-minute gathering with some of his staff over a cake in the Cabinet room inside number 10. That seems another very problematic occasion because at that time indoor mixing was not acceptable at all. So that seems another one that, that might well cross the threshold. But there are others where... You know, the suggestion is um, lots of people were working in number 10 and maybe at some point in the evening a bottle of wine might have been opened and maybe people might have stayed a bit late. But it's 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 a little bit less clear cut. Heather, Gray is a civil servant. She doesn't have the power to demand evidence or compel people to testify, but the police do. Will they be looking to start their own investigation into this from scratch or are they going to be building on what she's told them already? So I'm sure she's handed them some of the evidence that she's gathered, but but um, there have certainly been suggestions from people who worked in Downing Street at the time, including Dominic Cummings, the Prime Minister's former advisor, that there is evidence out there, including potentially photos, potentially videos of some of these gatherings that has not been offered to Sue Gray, that perhaps it's, it's in the hands of people who are no longer in Downing Street. She doesn't have any particular powers. She's a lot of power over civil serv- junior civil servants. She doesn't have much power. And people who, over people who no longer work there, the police. Of course, it's a completely different matter, and you're talking about you know uh, asking people to come in and be questioned, um, potentially even under caution. But certainly, you know, it's a pretty serious matter to be brought in front of the police. So there is some suggestion that that the police may have access to more evidence than Sue Gray did, and and may even be able to carry out a sort of more thorough investigation. So yeah, I, I think they're probably going to do quite a lot more work, and and that's one of the reasons this may now drag on potentially for months. Yeah, Gray's investigation was pretty awkward for the government, but the mechanics of a police investigation are just so much worse. Are we likely to see Boris Johnson have to go down to a police station or even just be formally interviewed by detectives? Well, we could. I mean, Number 10 were saying 
on Tuesday that that he would cooperate, that anyone in in um, Downing Street would would cooperate fully, and one might imagine that might well include yes, having a conversation with the Prime Minister, which again would be a, a pretty extraordinary moment. Yeah, incredible. Is this the kind of thing that could result in in arrests or charges? Like, is there the potential for that here? Well, so the the way that um, COVID breaches are are um, dealt with is through these fixed penalty notices. So you're not talking about you know banging someone up. You're talking about um, issuing them with a fine, and that they started quite low at the start of the pandemic. It was sort of sixty quid, I think, and then um, they gradually increased as as time went on, and as the, as they had to sort of work harder to keep people within the the you know rules that were very difficult to follow. And so you know you ended up with fines of of. Eight hundred pounds for attending a party in, from January twenty twenty one, and and ten thousand pounds if you were the party organizer. I mean, you know, none none, none of that is going to sort of touch the sides in the pocket of a very senior civil servant. But but it's a pretty um, damning situation if you if you start to see senior officials at the heart of government, let alone the prime minister, being questioned and potentially fined over over these events. I think. Yeah, I mean, politically, very costly. How long do we think the police will take to actually conduct this probe? Well, we've got no idea. So we, so we know that the last time there was a sort of police investigation into goings on in the heart of government, it was it was when Tony Blair was prime minister and the police were looking at the, the accusations that, that honours, so peerages and so on, were being sold to party donors. And we know that that took months and months. And so there is a question about whether this just drags out this whole affair. And, you know, that's one of the questions that Tory MPs are having to ask themselves. They've been wondering, is it time to ditch Boris Johnson? He seemed like an election winner. Now, perhaps not so much. And they're having to ask themselves, is it a terrible thing? Because does it drag it on and on for months? And, you know, is is government going to continue to be sort of distracted? And is everybody going to be unable to make any decisions during this long period where the government is going to keep saying to everything, ministers are going to keep saying, wait for the Met, wait for the Met. You know, let's not prejudice the Mets in- inquiry. So we, we we could be in for a very long haul, I think. And what have those Tory MPs come out and said since the news broke? We know a lot of them have been toying with the idea of putting in their letter, calling for a no confidence vote in the Prime Minister. But what have you heard about what they're thinking now? So you might have thought, might you, that you would quickly see quite a lot of MPs sort of putting their heads above the parapet and and calling for the Prime Minister to go, given that you've got a situation where the police are investigating matters going on in Downing Street during a public health emergency. And yet we haven't yet seen that. So speaking privately to Conservative MPs, they're kind of bewildered and despairing. Some are absolutely furious, but whether they're more furious than last week and whether there are enough of them to push them over that line of 54, which is how many it takes to trigger a vote of no confidence, it's quite unclear, I think. And there was a a question that Labour posed in the the House of Commons today, an urgent question where you can call the government of the day to to talk about something. And it was noticeable there were quite a few Conservative MPs, sort of stalwart Boris Johnson supporters who were there to stand up and sort of accuse Labour of somehow orchestrating this whole thing. Is it not the case that the opposition benches are in cahoots with media to undemocratically (laughs) depose this Prime Minister? Accuse... MPs of detracting from important issues like the crisis in Ukraine and so on. Every time the opposition call for the leader, for our Prime Minister to resign, does my right honourable friend agree that we're only strengthening Putin's hand and destabilising negotiations? So he does still have this sort of 
well of support. It's very hard to tell quite how big it is, but you know there are still Tory MPs who are willing to put their heads above the parapet and, and back Boris Johnson. And as yet, we we haven't seen an outpouring of sort of anger or, or not from not from people who weren't already decided that last week that he needed to go. Coming up, the last time a Prime Minister found himself under police scrutiny and whether there's any way back for Boris Johnson's premiership. You mentioned that this isn't the first time a sitting Prime Minister has been investigated by the police. There was an incident involving Tony Blair. What actually happened there? So um, there were accusations that sort of um, key government aides were selling off peerages and and, and, uh, other honours I mean, we quite often, unfortunately, we quite often see party donors end up in the House of Lords. But this this was seen as a sort of quite an egregious case. And so the police did end up investigating and they actually ended up arresting the um, chief fundraiser and a num- another sort of key number 10 aide. The outcome of it in the end was that no charges were pressed. They decided there wasn't a, there wasn't a case, but it, it, it went on for a long time. The prime minister himself, Tony Blair, had to be interviewed, not under caution, but just as a witness, but even so, um, pretty humiliating. And it kind of overshadowed his late period in office, really. It, it was a, a pretty, you know, grubby and embarrassing um, period overall. overall. Okay, so there is a precedent for this. But in that case, Tony Blair said that he would have resigned if he'd been questioned under caution, meaning an interview with the police have evidence that you've committed a crime. Is that the standard that will be applied to Boris Johnson? Well, I doubt it will be the standard applied by himself because there's one thing about that. (laughs) (laughs) It's the theme of this whole thing, isn't it? Is is that it's it's sort of deeply ingrained ingrained in Boris Johnson that he doesn't think the rules that apply to other people apply to himself. And that that very much applies to the political rules. I think he's one of those people who thinks he can survive things that other politicians might not be able to survive. And I, I, I may be wrong, but I suspect he probably wouldn't think that he needed to to resign in those circumstances unless it were made clear to him for example by his cabinet that you know this this had got to a, a stage where it, it it couldn't be tolerated any any longer yeah well Boris Johnson has an excuse not to talk about this anymore but whoever's leaking the news of these alleged parties isn't under any such obligation do you think we've now heard about everything that happened in number 10 during the lockdowns or is there somehow more to come well as I say Dominic Cummings Boris Johnson's uh, very angry, spurned former advisor has certainly suggested that there is more to come. And indeed, even if it's not extra parties, there may well be more evidence and more compelling evidence of the gatherings that we we already know a certain amount about. There must be po- photos of some of those parties that took place, for example, which which again would sort of bring it back into the public eye. I think there's something very powerful. You know, we published that story about the 15th of May 2020 gathering, and that picture has become a, a kind of meme. You know, of of Boris Johnson and others sitting in the garden with their cheese and their wine. They, of course, say it wasn't a party. It was a meeting because everyone was in a suit. But I think when there's (laughs) photographic evidence, that is quite a powerful thing. You know, we all remember Matt Hancock's COVID rule breaking, don't we? Because of the photo that's sort of etched on all our hideously on all I've been our memories. To, I've been trying so, to forget it, Heather. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Don't even mention the video. But I do think there may be, where well, there may well be more to come. And that's one of the things that Conservative MPs will have to weigh up when they think, you know, is, do we do we give Boris Johnson this sort of stay of execution? They will be thinking, my goodness, you know, what else is there to come out? And does it make things even worse? And is, is the sort of Tory party reputation or brand taking just such a hammering here that it, you know, it's going to take a long time to to come back? 
Heather, we're speaking to you at the end of another frenzied day in Westminster that started with the announcement of a police investigation into Downing Street. And the initial speculation was that this development would delay Sue Gray's crucial report. Now it looks like, at the time of recording, that the release of that report may be imminent. How will that change the thinking in Downing Street about how they manage this crisis? So oddly, it it, it sort of puts them back to where they were perhaps at the end of last week, before we knew the Metropolitan Police were going to investigate, when we were, we had seen this week as crucial because of the publication of this Grey report. And so what Boris Johnson's been doing already this week is he's tried to get on the front foot with things like talking about other issues. So talk to his cabinet about net zero, about Brexit, the benefits of Brexit two years on, various other issues they want to crack on with. He gave a big statement in the House of Commons on Ukraine. So that there's a, there's a bit of showing the public there are other things he's interested in. He's also been visiting yet yet more hospitals this week. He seems to visit a hospital just about every other day. Um, the other part of it is is the sort of charm offensive with MPs, of course. And so we know that some of his backbenchers, some of the waverers, as Number 10 saw it, were invited for a bit of a, not a party, I'm sure, but a bit of a <laughs> chat with the Prime Minister uh, to try and win them over. So it's charm, uh, a few threats, no doubt. We've heard some things in recent days about his, his whips being pretty tough with with MPs, especially new MPs, about trying to get them on side. Um, and, and there's lots and lots of, you know, hitting the phones to try and remind MPs, you know, the fact that he got them elected as he sees it and he's got a lot more to do and they just need to give him a bit of time and, you know, perhaps all this will will die down. But in the immediate term, they are going to have to respond to this report, right? So it gets published. Johnson's expected to kind of give the green light for it to be published imminently within days, perhaps even within hours. And um, he will then, he has promised, come to the House of Commons and take questions on it and explain to MPs what he's what he thinks has gone on and one would assume give another one of his apologies but i think he will he will hope his plan will be to do that then draw a line under it at least until we hear more from Cressida Dick which might be months now and then move on to things that he would much rather talk about so in short he's back where he started but now with the police investigation hanging over him it sounds like the worst of all worlds yeah, exactly. Because, it, you know, the idea was that Gray would sort of draw a line under things that that would allow him to sort of have a bit of a reset and, and move on and talk about other things. You know, you get that out of the way and, and, and on you go and sort of hope everyone forgets about it. I mean, I, I doubt voters will, in fact. But but now, you know, yes, he can try and move on. But in the background, there's going to be this this ongoing police investigation. And of course, journalists will continue asking, you know, who's been questioned, who's been cautioned, what evidence are they giving? You know, is there more? evidence emerging that that didn't come out in the Sue Gray report and so on and so on. So yeah, exactly. I, I think he's in a very, very difficult position. Heather, just finally, Boris Johnson has managed to weather so much scandal in his political career, but these parties have provoked so much disgust in the public, I guess because the pandemic has affected everyone. Everyone sacrificed something over the past two years. And the idea that Boris Johnson's office appeared to flout these rules so routinely, that Downing Street may have hosted more parties during the the lockdowns than any house in the country, even if the police find nothing worth prosecuting, is all of this a mortal wound for the Prime Minister, politically speaking? 
I think it is. I, I, I think it's extraordinarily powerful and very, very memorable. As you say, those experiences that people had during the lockdown, particularly during that first lockdown, I think in 2020, when people were frightened apart from anything else, I think they're really strong personal experiences. And also there was a really strong collective sense, I think, at that time, a community sense that we were all experiencing it together, that we were we were all enduring kind of privations, but it was to do with protecting each other. There we were out on our doorsteps clapping for the NHS and so on. And I think the idea that that, that was going on at a time when things were completely different in Downing Street and very lax and involved, you know, ordering in a wine fridge and having sort of wine Fridays and, you know, just generally having a totally different approach to life. I think that really, really jars with people. And I just don't think people are going to forget that just because I, I think those those lockdown experiences are very, very deeply etched on people's memories. This country is angry and understandably so. Working in intensive care, I wept behind my mask as three children talking to their dying mother on an iPad begged her to wake up. Countless children now growing up without parents, while parties were held at number 10. I just think if you contrast that with the Prime Minister's behaviour, voters are, are, are never going to forget that, I don't think, and are never going to forgive. Heather, thanks so much for speaking with us. Thanks, Michael. That was The Guardian's political editor, Heather Stewart. You can read her stories and the coverage of our entire political reporting team of this snowballing crisis at theguardian.com. You can also hear more from Heather and the team on Boris Johnson, parties and much more on our podcast, Politics Weekly, available later today, wherever you're listening to Today in Focus. And that is it for today. This episode was produced by Alex Atak. Sound design was by Axel Kakutier. The executive producers are Phil Maynard and Mythley Rao. Back tomorrow. This is The Guardian.